0: everyone it's time for necromaniacs podcast how's it going mike
1: it is going well what's up everybody mike scandata with you with mike hill necromaniacs podcast as the man said the are a podcast coming at you each and every single week we are knee deep in may and uh yeah once again i've been going going to a lot of shows mike you know watching some cool stuff you know having having a good spring
0: it's, uh, it's quite balmy out, I noticed. Like, I have the windows open, and it has, like, this kind of uh, balmy evening vibe.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, probably because it rains every day now in New York and New Jersey. I mean, maybe that's something to do with it. Like, almost every day there's rain, and it's driving me fucking crazy. Um, it rained again today. Uh, I think it didn't rain yesterday, but it did rain Saturday. It's just fucking so annoying. Um, but, yeah, man. Been, been been keeping busy. I went to three shows in a matter of two days, Mike Hill, this past weekend. Uh, I went to the uh, big New York hardcore extravaganza, Black and Blue Bowl. Um, Caught Sick of It All and Agnostic Front, and Ignite and Murphy's Law on Saturday, which was a lot of fun. Uh, all the bands were were great at that. The, the Brooklyn Monarch, the place that you played last uh, November, Nuclear Assault.
0: That's a great venue, man. And I'm really stoked to see that there's all these uh, killer spots popping up all over Brooklyn, you know, specifically in, Bush- in Bushwick, it seems like.
1: Yes. And um, and then the next day was the, the second day, which had um, uh, No Redeeming Social Value. My, my brother Mark's band shut down, which is all the guys in my band, The Last Stand as well, and Burn and Madball. So that was another fun show. But after that, literally 10 feet away from the brooklyn monarch at the the meadows was a terror show and i love terror so i caught terror right after that and uh i don't think i've done a twofer since i don't god knows when man it, it you know a, a show twofer so to speak um in a while <laughs> it, was
0: it was a cool. uh it was a hardcore bang bang
1: yes hard literally hardcore bang bang yes yes <laughs>
0: But, was uh, uh was the terror show some kind of like uh like
1: after after party affiliated thing no it was a separate show and a separate tour but they did something cool um with your wristband from the black and blue ball you got into the terror show for only 15 bucks instead of 25 bucks so i i uh, took advantage of that um you know since uh i didn't have to pay to go see my brother's band so you know got to support the bands um but yeah, they played with this band uh Kubla Khan who are from Texas, like metal really heavy, you know, metalcore band that the young kids dig. And they played with uh what do you call it? that death metal band whose name I'm probably going to mispronounce. Uh You know what I'm talking yeah, about?
0: Yeah, I I think I think that's that's how I would pronounce it too. Yes.
1: Uh they also have quite a quite a big fan base. Um you know they look like a hardcore band it's like four very short-haired dudes but they pretty much play death metal um and then this band pain of truth from long island opened up and they're, they're like you know very popular new hardcore band I mean there was probably about 600 people at the show dude I mean it was it was packed nice good time good ass time and then this week Thursday I'm gonna go see exploited and Chromex in Queens damn at this uh Greek hall like that the name is escaping me but they're playing somewhere in queens in astoria so that should be fun i haven't seen exploited in about 18 years so that should be
0: cool that's like a show that would have happened in like 1985
1: or something yes yes totally and uh the punk band total chaos is is opening um interesting bill total chaos chrome eggs exploited um although i think chrome eggs are headlining not totally sure but uh yeah and as far as the viewing front goes I'm watching okay I'm watching both the HBO staircase which was based on the Netflix documentary the murder case Michael Peterson case and I'm also re-watching the Netflix one because that's how like engrossed I have now become once again in the Michael Peterson Kathleen Peterson murder case are you familiar with this stuff no I haven't seen any of these you need to watch both like honestly you might actually almost watching the HBO one first is in some ways more interesting than watching the Netflix documentary okay because yeah I I don't know why I feel that way but they're both extremely worth watching uh the 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 Netflix documentary is many parts and the HBO one I think is going to go to about eight parts but they're only up to week four they, they don't plop everything out at once. They're weekly, you know, on HBO Max yeah. for the most part. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's a movie based on a real case, but the, the Netflix one is, is an actual documentary based on a real case. But it's a very bizarre, you know, singular murder of, of a woman in her home that may or may not have been murdered by her husband, Michael Peterson. And honestly, to this day, I am not sure if this man is innocent or guilty still. So it's weird.
0: Well, you know, I'm going to have some time on my hands uh, traveling. Yeah, watch it. So, watch yeah, watch okay. the staircase. I'll check it's that Good shit. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What about you? Well, you know, I've uh, recovered from my staph infection, which is nice. You know, before leaving.
1: That's what that was. Oh no.
0: Yeah. So uh Jesus. I got one more day of antibiotics and uh Uh, but it's all pretty much cleared up. Staff infection. My God. And uh so that's all set. Um, you know, just getting ready for tour. Uh yeah,
1: yeah. You know, watching Joe Bob on Friday, which is always fun. Yes, I didn't even finish the other one. See, here I was complaining about there's not enough of them, and now I'm like behind. So that that's pretty typical for me. Um, but I understand. Joe Bob covered a movie that we over here necromaniacs covered. Yeah, first. and yes, exactly. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, the the
0: little girl who lives down the lane, and mm-hmm. uh, with Jodie Foster, Martin Sheen, and that movie, it just. It's it's a it's a rewatchable film for sure, man. Yeah, it's so good, yeah, it so mm-hmm. good. And then Housebound was the follow up on that. And, oh, uh, cool. Yeah, so it was a cool like double shot. And uh, this time around, I I didn't fall asleep. Like I a lot of times <laughs> I pass out like around twelve thirty, and there's still like another hour and a half left with you know with all of his breaks and everything. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I saw a new two episodes of a new series called. S the Essex Serpent, okay, yeah, you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. So good, it's on uh, Apple Apple Plus. Mm-hmm. It has uh, Loki in it, uh, Tom oh, Hidd- huh. Hiddleston,
1: Hiddleston, mm-hmm.
0: and uh, a redheaded Claire Danes. I love Claire Danes, man. I'm I'm a Claire Danes fan. Yeah, mm. and it's it's a period piece. It's uh, a little bit, you know, a slow burn. It involves a, a sea monster and. Uh, Really? Yes. A sea monster? Yeah, Wait, man. I'm in. I think I'm in. Yeah. And it's like, but there's also, it's like, just because it's like aquatic horror, there is like a mm-hmm. little bit of like a Lovecraftian thing going on, I think, with like some bizarre supernatural shit that happens to the town as a mm. result of the, like the sea monster proximity is like causing all this stuff in the town. And it's just really, really well done. Like it's well written. The acting is incredible. The characters are good you know each character is really well developed and hmm. um yeah i really really dig it and uh two episodes are up um you know i'm gonna be watching this entire thing so i'm excited about that
1: that is very cool um also just want to you know get it out there to the listeners mike's band tombs is going on tour Run down the cities, Mike. Let's oh, dude, do. It. I, Let's get I, you that, some plugs. A, There's
0: a lot of cities on this, and oh, it's you, like four weeks long. Get a couple long. of them out there. Get a couple. Um, well, we're going out with Origin, Abysmal Dawn, and Kilataurus, mm-hmm. and and, uh, cool. and it turns out that my, my long lost friend Art plays in, in Kilataurus. He used to be the uh, Eric Rutan's assistant engineer. Oh, nice. So I got to know Art really well on the last the last record we recorded, Rutan. And, uh, and he just hit me up like a few months ago when the tour got booked. He's like, I'll see you out on the road, you know? And I'm like, oh shit, you know? And it's awesome. So yeah, we're starting in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, you know, Albuquerque, Phoenix, uh, Mesa, Arizona, well, Mesa, Arizona, Phoenix are the same place basically. So yeah, Mesa, Mm -hmm. uh, LA, San Diego, San Francisco, Portland, uh, Seattle, Going up into Canada, Vancouver, Regina got added at the last minute. I've always wanted to go to Regina, Saskatchewan. I think
1: <laughs> Re- Regina. It's uh, not Regina. No, Did no, you- it's pronounced
0: the, the the Canadians pronounce it Regina. So yeah, ah, um, Minneapolis, which I haven't played, I haven't played Minneapolis in several years. So that that'll be fun. Some friends in that city. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it wraps up in Lawrence, Kansas which is uh the spiritual home of origin even though uh, most of those guys don't live there anymore
1: oh okay i didn't know that yeah
0: and then uh we're driving back home so it's about four weeks long and uh we'll be out there uh you guys can go to uh tombs cult on instagram and the tour dates are just, you know massive amounts of discussion about that and the flyers posted there <laughs> so yeah we're excited about it you know it's, it's gonna be good it's like um you know, getting back to the way things should be before the pandemic. You know, touring. Man. You know, having fun, going out there, seeing people. You know, the mm-hmm. the, the East Coast thing we did was great. You know, it was, but it was only six days long. So now yeah. we're doing a real tour, proper tour.
1: Good for you, man. I'm yeah. excited for you guys. Full yeah. full
0: support. Full support. Thanks, bro. You um, know, and, uh, just uh, yeah. but before we get into the episode, though, I want I I realized something awesome. Mm-hmm. So between our our um, cartel of mm-hmm. uh, podcasts, right? we've got the entire week covered for you guys. Yes, we do. Yeah, Five right. days a week, people. Yeah. Yes. All the way live, man, starting on Monday. Horror mm-hmm. Wolf 666. Tuesday is Into the Necrosphere. Mm-hmm. Wednesday is Everything Went Black, which is my, mm-hmm. my podcast I started this whole, you know, I kind of started doing that one first. Right. Thursday is this podcast Necromania, mm-hmm. and Friday, in time for the weekend. Thank God it's Friday. Mm-hmm. With Break the apocalypse.
1: That's right. Yeah, we've got you covered. All the people you should be supporting, the podcast you should be listening to, and checking the hell out. And uh, yeah, if if you have found us through any of them, thank you so much. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah it's funny. Um, another interesting thing is that like we, we had covered, you know, little girl who lives down the lane. And and I feel like it's a, it's a movie that, you know, if you're a certain age, you probably had no idea about. Um, and months back or last year, we also covered, you know, butcher Baker nightmare maker. And then that appeared weeks later on shutter. How about that? Interesting coincidences. I like it though. Or maybe not a
0: coincidence. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, man. You know what's really know.
0: interesting though is Shutter, their account does not follow us. However, no. there are mm-hmm. staff members who work on Shutter, at Shutter mm-hmm. rather, that follow us on Instagram.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that they're, you know, we're influencing them somehow, but like No,
1: I don't think so, but I just I like the cool coincidences cool either way. I yeah. just like it. Yeah, totally. Um and it shows we both have good taste. Is that's, what right. It really shows. that's right. That's right. That's what it really shows. Um, we're tooting our own horn, folks. But yeah, check out all those podcasts and thank you to the new and old listeners alike. Which brings us to tonight's movie. And as a shocker, a Mike Scandato, Mike Hill episode is covering a brand new film. Right, Mike? That's right. Yeah. Uh, usually we've been going a little old school with me on the show, but tonight... We're, we're, we're doing a, uh, a 2021 film slash 2022. It was re- released in its native country in 2021. It has found its way here on Shudder as of right now exclusively in 2022. And of course, we are talking about the sadness.
0: Yeah, from um, Taiwan.
1: Yes. R- written and directed by a Canadian. Who's, uh, and this is his first film. How about that? Yeah uh Rob Jabaz in his directorial debut written and directed by Rob Jabazz. um right off the bat gonna say something also that's kind of interesting I feel like we've mentioned movies and we've discussed scenes in movies where either myself or Mike have said hey that reminds us of Garth Ennis's crossed comic book okay and finally we have a movie where the director actually said this is inspired by garth Ennis's cross comic book, and of course we're talking about the sadness, so I don't know i got I got a kick out of that well that that's like the fun the
0: first thing i I picked up on mm. before even reading anything about this movie is that this is like a serious i mean so much so that they need to cut a check to Garth Ennis honestly
1: yeah, I mean. It's funny, you know, we're big Brian Keene fans here at the show, and we, we talk about him a lot in his books. And he, he has a book that came out in, in 2016 that I actually really loved called The Complex, which is also very Frost-esque. And, and I don't ever recall if Brian Keene said that he had read Cross First or whatever. Like, I, I'm not really sure. Um, and, you know, I'm just happy to finally see – someone actually copping to being influenced by Garth Ennis's original work. So I don't know, getting, getting a little chuckle out of it in a way. And sure enough, it really is, folks. Uh, if you've ever read Crossed and you watch The Sadness, it, it might be one of the first things that popped into your head as well. Um, it's being called a zombie movie. And I, it, sure, it's kind of a zombie movie, Mike, right? But it's really more of an like a infection rage movie to me right
0: yeah and i wish that uh, you know people get a cavalier with this uh zombie term you know yeah. and, and it's uh let's 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 you know stick to the technical aspect of what a zombie is so there's no mm. undead people in this these are no. living sentient human mm.
1: beings who speak and are
2: just oh, totally. infected
1: um, yes, they, they, at no point that, that I, do I recall having watched it. Literally early today, them dying and coming back. They get infected um, in the air, basically, and the the fun begins, so to speak. And it, it, listeners, um, we're gonna spoil this one, Mike. What do you right? I mean, this is it's kind of fairly impossible to. To cover this movie properly without spoilers, right?
0: Well, you know, I I think we I think I, I I'm with you on that, and yeah, but I don't feel bad about it, and you know why? Because this movie's not really about the story per
1: se. Mm, no, no,
0: it's not a, really. And in and in a lot of ways, I feel like they're setting up an IP. You know, like this is going to be yeah. like an intellectual mm-hmm. property that's going to be appearing in sequels. That's my feeling about this thing.
1: Very possible. It's got an interesting buzz already. Um, it's funny, Mike and I and our friend Rennie, we've, I feel like we had an email about this months ago, right? Like yeah. there was that trailer and there there, there was a growing buzz on, on this film and it's finally out now and, and people are finally seeing it. And it seems like on the social medias, by and large, people are enjoying this movie. Um, it is super graphic, folks. It is it is intense. It is not for everybody,
0: right? Would you say? It's definitely for not horror. for everybody. And uh, it's not for everybody to the extent that my co-host at Everything Went Black, Ralph Schmidt, did not like this film what's, whatsoever. He mm-hmm. hated this movie. So, mm-hmm. And
1: he's a horror fan, but he didn't like this movie at all. And I'm going to come clean. Uh, before we start the show, Mike and I have our little podcast. Our little prep pre-talk you know check in before we get rolling uh to be semi-professional and um i said mike this was a good movie i liked this movie but i never want to see this movie again and i also don't think i like this kind of horror anymore if i ever really did um and that's kind of a big statement to make on a movie where i feel like everybody's kind of you know kind of drooling all himself over right now mike you know you know i'm on your side with this too uh and we can
0: get into some of the things i didn't like about it but mm-hmm. the, the thing that if if you want to see a super graphic horror film a lot of gore really well shot and you know from what i can tell really well acted too yeah um, it yeah. this is for you for sure man it's it delivers on all counts if you just want gore and uh you know a good looking film you know and there's there's moments in it of um you know a, a very intense moments in there and there it it gets a little dark at times however for me my reason why i don't like these films particularly is the slapstick element of it you know mm. what I mean? and there's you know like there's there's films out there such as the evil dead where there's slapstick moments but it all fits it's, it's done in a way that appeals to me. And also the Evil Dead has like a very deep mythology associated with it.
1: And it's, it, it's interesting. Um, some, of the, some of the, like Accolades actually, it, it, it won like basically best new film at Fantasia in t- last year, in 2021. I mean, shit, you know, in the new flesh category for first features. Um, and at the Fantastic Fest, best picture and best director in the horror competition. Uh, and Rue Morg said it's the most violent and depraved zombie movie ever made. It's not a zombie movie. But anyway. Um, it is pretty depraved, though. It is depraved. Yes. And it is violent. Yes. Yeah. Um, but again, something I'm coming out with right out of the gate. I don't know if it's my age i don't know if it's just who i am now i don't care for violence and ott gore and ott shock stuff for the sake of it for just like throw it against the wall kind of and that's kind of that's a lot of this movie right like there's not a lot of you know Storytelling. You know what I'm saying? Not, and I don't know. I don't even know if this movie has much of a message. There are very interesting COVID esque messages in this movie that I did like, though. Did you catch that? I'm sure. Well, yeah, you did. It's
0: pretty heavy handed in the beginning. There's like the idea of like, uh, you know, conspiracy and like, you know, mm-hmm. fake news and overreaction and claims that no one's getting sick. Like that just very much, you know, reflective of. The last two years of the pandemic
1: yeah and i actually like that the first 15 minutes of this movie i liked a lot actually because you meet these two particular characters jim and cat they're a boyfriend and girlfriend you know young couple they live together and you know they're going to work and you know and there's the, the news in the background about what is called the alvin virus it's not the you know the covid virus it's the the alvid virus which is apparently relatively benign and you know it, it's it's interesting it's, it's it's like one of the first true i'm gonna call it post-covid movies mike for horror that sure. I've seen it. yeah,
0: yeah it
1: really yeah. well there was that one that took place in covid that one um that was kind of like the, it took place all online and the, the name's escaping me for some reason oh the host yeah there's that okay and then there's like this, and actually, I actually, I, something I actually really like. But I tell you, right at about almost the 16 minute mark, man, this movie just gangbusters explodes, <laughs> literally. Right? Uh, you know, there's this scene, particularly in this like diner, and from then on in, if you're if you're squeamish, or if you're, you're not down with this this kind of horror it's it's a 16 minute movie for you i'm afraid you know um because i have a feeling there are people who, who reach that point and are just like hor- horrified you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's it hard it does,
0: and it doesn't waste any time it takes you to mm-hmm. that point and then it just it's off to the races and but you know it's just a series of situations really i mean the, yes. the, the basic plot is like that the couple gets separated you know the mm-hmm. Uh, Jim is kind of like a freelancer, film guy, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, his girlfriend, Cat, goes to an office job. You know, she's like the responsible one, and he's a little bit of like a ne'er do well, I guess. You know, right? But they're mm-hmm. they're very much in love, you know, and they they're a good yeah. couple, and they they're like good each other's people. Company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, good people. So she goes to work, and he, you know, does his thing. You know, like freelance guy thing where, you, you know, you go get coffee, you have breakfast, kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, hang around for a while, you know, and then yeah. <laughs> figure out what your day is going to be like, you know? Right. And that's when things start popping off with the virus and this outbreak of maniacs and they're mm-hmm. separated. So the whole film has to do with cell phones, staying in contact with each other. Mm-hmm. And trying to, he's trying to get back to her so that they can be together to figure out like what, you know, what the hell they're gonna do.
1: Really, you know, it's it's interesting. There are interesting cultural things just kind of dropped in the movie, like the sexual harassment of women is kind of just really dropped into the movie, and like a woman on the train, and there's like this older guy who's creeping on her, and there's an interesting emphasis on that, but there is a point to that. Because that creep older guy becomes a key, quote, villain, would you say, Mike? You know, he becomes a guy who, who sticks around uh, and does some heinous shit.
0: Yeah, you know, um, I, yeah. I don't have a problem with having that in there either because, I mean, that is something that, I mean, you know, you and I, you know, you, you're a native of Brooklyn and I lived in yes. Brooklyn for decades. And we've mm-hmm. had women in our lives that have taken the subway and gone mm-hmm. to work. And how many stories have you heard of that? You know, of like, Many. yeah, just some some lady minding her own business, and some creep, you know, basically harasses her. Like, and that was the harassment that this guy did was not nearly as extreme as some of the stories. Yeah, and, I and he heard.
1: Actually says, <laughs> yeah, he goes, I was polite because he was he was he was creepy, but there was no need to even give the the compliments he was giving, and it was just it was just unnecessary, you know. Yeah, um, and it made her the uh, cat uncomfortable. But yeah, he becomes a, a key villain. And uh, something else I want to say, uh, uh, leading right into a, a scene in this subway car, um, I'll, I'll kind of compare it to the infamous scene in Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022 in the bus, where everyone in the bus gets chainsawed. There's a, a scene, I think in this movie, that I think that Texas scene wanted it to be, let's just say. They, because the, the, the train car sequence in this movie is really like i mean look man i've seen a lot in horror and i've i've you know i've been watching horror movies for years i've watched the extreme shit i've watched the august undergrounds i've you know you name it i've seen it but there were many moments in this movie mike that had me scrunching up my face let's just say you know what about you yeah yeah cuz
0: i i think that at the end of the day i i because similar to you, I mean, we both seen all this stuff. Actually, I, the August Underground stuff I got from you. You had, yeah, yeah, literally. I, I borrowed your your copies of that.
1: There was a time when I was seeking out, like, I'm just going to call it over the top OTT, extreme, depraved nonsense. Okay. But that was about 20 years ago. And I, I look, people change, and people grow. And I'm not, gonna shit on the fans of that horror and I'm not gonna say it's bad but I think I don't know I I feel like the horror movies that mean the most to me are not those movies yeah is what I'm trying to say
0: yeah it's like same with me like you know you want the most extreme stuff so you, you know we've gone to some places you know what I mean and yeah and frankly the places that we've gone we're like the, the seedier underbelly of the horror <laughs> film world that mm-hmm. are different than this film. This film is like yeah, like respectable. You know what I mean? Like Mike, what's the movie with uh,
1: Gene from uh, from Angel Corpse? Um, oh
0: yeah, the, it's a it's an
1: unearthed films uh, the unearthed movie. stuff, right? Yeah, the unearthed stuff. Um, the unearthed stuff is free of comedy.
2: Okay. Yes, yeah.
1: The unearthed stuff to me, what they're doing over there appeals to a certain horror fan and is a certain 9.9 times out of 10 is a certain kind of product. Okay. I actually think they do that. Well, I don't necessarily like it, but I, I respect it. And I've seen a bunch of it just to kind of check it out. You know, that's not my horror bag. This movie has those levels. Actually, it has those levels, but it's done in a way. Like Mike said, if, if slapstick, isn't the word, it's maybe Evil Dead-ish, maybe, maybe you know, but to me, it's a it, it does go darker than Evil Dead, Mike. I think this movie, like it, it's, I don't like it's fucking flinchy. This movie, yeah, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. And, and like those Unearthed films, toe tag pictures, like those yeah. those films.
1: There's like there's like
0: a sleaziness to those movies <laughs> yeah. that just you know, like you you feel like the guys who make those movies. Have, like, you know, <laughs> taken human life at some point. You know what I mean? Like, they've, like,
1: or have someone trapped somewhere in one of their homes. Yeah. Right? They, they, they like, tra- have yeah, someone,
0: yeah. like, tied up in the basement. And it, yeah. it's like this, these films are, like, dramatizations of shit that they've actually done. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and, that, and I guess that's, that's the point. It's like, you know, we've both gone into those places already. And mm-hmm. to see, like, a, a well shot, I guess that's it, too, a well shot, well acted mm. mainstream film. It's just something that didn't really add up in my mind, and I wonder if yeah. like other extreme horror fans, I wonder if they feel the same way about it, because I know that you and I both have seen tons of press
2: mm-hmm. like
0: you know, like really praising this film, but mm-hmm. a lot of it is all like fairly mainstream you know, uh, you know, horror press, like giving it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Like the, it's almost like the prior press that um, would never, ever give it a bad review anyway, kind of thing in my opinion. But, um, you know, but the thing is, I don't know what the budget was. Uh, the budget is not on, on, you know, IMDb or, or Wikipedia. It didn't, it looks, it almost looks like, um, like a world war Z. Like, it looks like it was a huge budget in Taiwan. This, this might've been, something huge you know um and it it looks great as mike said the acting is good but i don't know there's just i i feel like there are moments where it is trying to tell you something maybe about perhaps the big government perhaps about coronavirus perhaps about i don't know but it all kind of gets a little lost and muddied mike is what i think i agree with Um, that
0: i agree with that completely like
1: you don't really know what they're trying to say or maybe they're not trying to say anything (laughs) you know um the plot is easy it's an easy plot you know there's this virus and we have our two heroes and they're they're trying to survive and they're going through going through the maze so to speak like of, of the city and and they're meeting people along the way, some horrible, some not horrible. You meet some good people. You meet some bad people. Pretty much horrific things happen to everybody. Um, there's sadly only one person left standing and it's not even the person you want to be left standing. <laughs> you <know? laughs> Um, and it it's, it's a, it's a bit of a downer, but as like Mike said, it does leave open to, to the future. You know, um, and I could see, I could see a sequel to this. I could see it. I, I don't can know see them
0: trying trying to propel into this whole universe, really. Mm. You know, like similar, yeah. to, you know, just like in Crossed, where like Garth mm-hmm. Ennis, you know, he, a had bunch his, of them, right. he had Yeah, mm-hmm. there's like all these different miniseries and, and offshoots and different writers like taking that property and doing stuff with it. You know, that, that's, to me, that's what the ending of this film sounded like. uh, felt like there's like okay here's this world you know we got Mm -hmm. these this like crazy disease that's creating these homicidal maniacs that are uh running amok through the streets and uh this is the world we have now and um what else can we do with it because it's really as you know as you hinted it's not about the characters because at the end you know we they we we don't have necessarily any like you, you don't, you get the sense that the story is over for these two characters, yeah. And that this world has been created, this universe. And if there's going to be another film, they're going to take this this intellectual intellectual property and put new characters in it, and then develop some other storylines. And I think that's that's kind of my opinion. That's like the end game of this whole thing.
1: Yeah, um, just to kind of give a little bit of a rundown of some of the depravity, um. We have an we have an orgy scene that we see, like a bloody Blood orgy. orgy scene. Um, you know, there's a, a very brutal uh car accident early on that you you you, you kind of see the impact of. You get, you know, uh one of the an umbrella right through an eyeball. You get an entire subway car stabbed up and bitten up and fucked up and you know. Um uh, I mean how the, the, there's even baby stuff in the movie uh, which they do cut away, but I mean it, it literally almost crosses that line of you know uh, a, a Serbian film yeah you know what I'm saying I mean you know it's it, it, maybe not 100% there, but it's it's fucking fucked up and dark. Um, and and that's where unearthed films wouldn't have cut. <laughs> right they wouldn't they wouldn't turn cut. away exactly exactly yeah, yeah. Um, they, they don't show a baby being murdered. They they don't really show it, although baby's murdered. Um there is an eye fucking scene <laughs> that they show enough of to probably make some listeners turn off the movie, but not really. Um, you know, uh it's it's they show enough of it to know exactly what's going on, right, Mike?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, you know, and and um Yeah, it's like a lot of stuff like that, like really uncomfortable things. Uh, yeah, things a that lot would, of uncomfortable
1: will, shit will trigger people. Um, and yeah, the, the Alvin virus—that's the name of the virus, the yeah. virus, like it, you know, Alvin from the Chipmunks, Alvin. Um, at one point, we meet uh, a character when our uh, one of our protagonists, Cat, who you know, who's who's still alive at this point, she gets to a, a hospital. We meet this Dr. Wong character who is in the maternity ward of a hospital. And he's attempting to find a cure for the Alvin virus. And we get an explanation, right, Mike? Yeah. At at this point, that the virus attacks the limbic system in the body. And Dr. Wong says the reason that the infected cry, because we do see some of them with tears, listeners, is that they are fully aware of the terrible things they do and are completely unable to stop them um, likening, like, resisting the urge to blink um and we kind of learned that cat we pretty much have figured out is immune to it because the other interesting thing is that why so many people are okay right like uh, you know a, a good majority of the city is infected but obviously you know we've got 10 20 characters here who have not become infected who have some kind of immunity right yeah yeah you get that that, that sense for sure um, and, you know, we kind of assume that both, you know, Kat <laughs> and Jim are immune because, you know, they're still alive in the movie. Um, but, you know, again, you know, if you don't want to hear much more about the ending, you should probably tune us out and listen once you see the movie. Um, but Jim does succumb to the virus, unfortunately, which is kind of a bummer, huh? Yeah, because like that's the other thing.
0: The one a positive in this film is you really you're pulling for them. Like you want. Yeah, Jim them. is pretty
1: great, actually. Yeah, he's cool. You know, mm-hmm. it's like he fights them. Like he like fucking kills a bunch of them. He saves this one. Oh, another scene. My God, where these younger teenage infected boys are like torturing this guy on a, a basketball field. And they smash his junk into a barbed wire against a pole. And it's just really disturbing. And he thinks he's saved the guy by chasing them off or whatever and fighting him. And then the guy turns out he was loving it. And he says, you know, why did you stop him? It's just like really like, and it's kind of funny. Like there are these funny lines, right? You know, um, that again, would probably not appear in any of the toe tag and unearth shit. you right.
0: Yeah, no, that, that wouldn't be
1: in there for sure. But this movie flirts with that. I'm I'm going to say this movie does flirt with that kind of like unflinching what a what the fuck am I watching horror movie stuff, right? It's kind of like Whitechapel
0: in some ways, you know what I mean, where like hmm. um like you know, they uh, Whitechapel is not a death metal band, all right? <laughs> but but to some they to, are. To some they are and there are moments when they'll do death metal things, mm-hmm. but it doesn't ring true.
1: You know what I mean? Right. And that's yeah, kind of like, how it's I feel like deathcore. It. It's like that death, the new death core genre. Yeah, exactly. It's people like, like Mike Hill and I don't think that's death metal at all. You know, but a 19-year-old or you know thinks that's death metal. Yeah, and thinks Cannibal Corpse and Obituary are for grandpas. So exactly. that's just that just is what it is. You know, dad death metal. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i don't know i don't know i feel like that's dissing this a little too hard because this movie movie isn't a bad no it's look man i think some of the listeners are actually going to love the hell out of this movie so you know it's not the death core of horror i'm not saying no that's not what we're saying here okay I, I agree
0: that might have been a little too unkind to this film. Because I, I actually, I did like the movie, but it's like, there's there are things about it that I was like, okay. You know, I didn't really care for it that much.
1: It's just that, again, and I it's, you know, people's tastes are people's tastes. And I, I, I've been a horror supporter and a horror viewer for so long that I've formulated opinions. I mean, hell, that's the reason Necromaniac's Podcast exists, Mike. Right? I mean, why yeah. we wouldn't exist if not for these thoughts, right? Exactly. <laughs> and I and sometimes our listeners agree with us, and sometimes they don't. Um, but yeah, Jim. Jim unfortunately su- succumbs to the virus, and he comes upon Cat and Doctor Wong, and uh, and Doctor Wong, at, who uh, he's another one we think he is immune as well. Until he is not because Jim uh, cuts his foot open and like vomits into his foot. Is that kind of what happens?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happens.
1: <laughs> and he infects Dr. Wong. And then something, but something weird happens where right before Wong dies, he professes that he found joy in killing the babies and that it felt so good. But Dr. Wong killed those babies before he was infected. So he was crazy already, Mike. Yeah. No? Yeah. yeah. Similar similar to like
0: like a lot of these doctor characters, like in, you know, like in Day of the Dead, you know, there was the mm -hmm. doctors trying to do experiments on Bub and everything. And that guy was like, he was kinky too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this doctor was, you
1: know, not too (laughs) good. Yeah. um, So yeah, Cat. you know, Cat is, they're trying to get to the roof of this hospital where they are with Dr. Wong. Dr. Wong is is now dead and Kat is being pursued by her boyfriend, Jim. And, you know, kind of a bummer, kind of heartbreaking. Um, She she seals uh, these doors and Jim is on the other side of the doors and Kat is crying. And then Kat just asks him how it feels to be like this. And he goes, it's wonderful. And then, you know, he starts saying all this fucked up shit to her, saying that he wants to cut off her breasts and (laughs) smash her face in and peel off her skin. And that's totally crossed, by the way. Yeah. That is like 100% crossed. Um, and then he he tells her that he loves her and he's, you know. Uh, and then here's something interesting happens. Kat starts to laugh and cry at the same time. And I was not 100% sure if that meant she became infected or she just went crazy. What about you?
0: I think that she just went she broke, you know, because mm. we actually witness Jim becoming infected. Mm. Yes. You know, and, like, he starts having – he's on the phone with Kat, actually.
1: Yeah, 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 the tears and yeah. that, that vision. and, and he, yeah, yeah, yeah. So
0: it was very different than what was happening to her at the end. True. Yeah.
1: Um, So they're separated by this, like, metal gate or whatever, and there's steps to the roof. And she just – She starts running up the stairs, you know, while he's kind of laughing like a crazy person and she gets upstairs. The door closes and you hear her scream and you hear like a bunch of gunfire. And you I mean, obviously you think she's dead and it just kind of the film just kind of ends on Jim staring to the camera with the evil smile on his face. And he just kind of dies. It's a very dark, bleak, fucked up ending. I actually didn't think it was going to end like that, honestly. Yeah, I didn't Um, either. The tone of the film didn't lead you to believe it would end that way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, again, Mike said that, that, you know, possibility for sequels and a future in this movie, in this world. Absolutely. It would have to be with a whole bunch of new people unless they keep, you know, Jim around somehow or or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was it just it was a big downer. Um, not, not what I thought it was going to be, but maybe, maybe, maybe it is what I thought it was going to be after seeing the trailer. Like the trailer was, was pretty dark and, and intriguing from what I remembered from a few months ago. Yeah. They didn't give away a whole lot in the trailer. You know what I mean? No. Like you knew there no. was like, you know,
0: crazy people and violence. That was really all you knew. Now, a couple of things here is, um, the ending is reminiscent of. Of two Romero things. Like, even the whole thing with the helicopter and the roof reminds me. Of yeah. Dave. Oh, yeah. 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 And the fact that she got gunned down by, like, the good guys is mm. Night of the Living Dead. Yes.
1: Yes. And there's even a scene. There's a, there's a dawn of, there's another Day of the Dead-esque scene with uh, the security guard getting ripped apart.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yep. me. Mon- there's, de- there's a shitload of Romero's in this. There's some evil Deadisms in this, maybe. like, You know, it's definitely got some callbacks to some classic stuff, uh, which I liked, which I thought was cool. Um, being, you know, loosely or not that loosely based on the graphic novel uh, crossed is, is kind of cool, although I feel like this fucking thing deserves its own movie already, and now it can't probably because of all these movies that have kind of ripped it off. Um, but yeah, as we alluded to earlier, horror press, the horror world is, is pretty much drooling over this movie. Uh, film thread has given it a 10 out of 10. A genius propelling ahead with vicious force, full throttle, embracing and disregarding conventions.
0: So, I find that um, offensive because it is very <laughs> much a rip of Garth Ennis, you
1: know. <laughs> what about Garth Ennis? Isn't he a genius? Um, yeah, uh. Taipei Times called the film slickly produced Gorefest, fest, uh, fast-paced action, not so subtle digs at the government and humanity. And on the downside, the Taipei Times, you know, from its home country, said oversimplified plot and lack of attention to storytelling nuances and details. I get it. I get that. I mean, but what, I don't know, what do you want a movie like this to say ultimately? <laughs> like, or... Look, George Romero was able to say interesting things with, with horror, but I feel like, I feel like when you get into this kind of extremity, any kind of messaging might be a little lost. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, and like we said, yeah, Rue Morgue, the most violent and depraved zombie movie ever made. Sure. It's, but it's not technically zombie. Um, I don't know. I I think again, uh, it only just hit, uh, what do you call it, shutter days ago. But so far, everything I'm seeing, a lot of people really dig it. Um, it'll be interesting to see if people like you and I liked it, but point out some of the things about it that are like, well, you know, do we need something like this? Or is this like, is this genius, really? Is it genius? I don't know. Uh, And with that, my score of this film, out of our Necromaniacs, 1 to 5, is actually a 3.5. I was going to give it a 3, but I like a lot about this movie, and you definitely should see this movie. Uh, But ultimately, I don't love it, and I will probably never watch it again, so it gets a 3.5 for me. Coincidentally, I'm giving it a 3.5, too. Yes. And I'll tell you why
0: mm-hmm. my reasoning for that is, is that I thought about more than just myself this time around.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I definitely encourage people to see it because it is a good movie. Yeah. You know, definitely worth checking out. And you know what? Hey, this, this might become your go-to film for this type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like you might love it and watch it over and over again and, you know, get into all the sequels that are probably coming down the line, you know, <laughs> But for me, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not really that into it, really. I, I enjoyed it when I watched it. I don't think I need to see it again. And I may or may not, mostly might not, check out any of the sequels if they're coming.
1: Mm. You know, um, I, would, I would give an award to the special effects. Uh, I'll yeah. say that. I would, yeah. if they're, when they're up for any kind of awards for this movie... In the magazines or whatever, in the websites, yeah, it it should get it. Because the blood was, I mean, it just had that very real look to it. And like like that dark kind of, I feel like when the blood is darker, it disturbs me more. (laughs) (laughs) I can see that, yeah. I get that feeling kind of when I'm watching the movie, if the blood is of a certain color. Isn't that funny? No, that makes perfect sense, actually. I got that vibe as I watch this because anytime I get blood taken from me at the doctor's or whatever, I always look at my arm, I look down, and I look at the vial. It's dark. Yeah. It is dark in that vial. It's a certain color. And this movie had that color. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they paid attention. There's a lot of intestines in this movie too. Mm, yeah. Yeah. A lot a lot of Romeroisms, definitely, yeah. man. I mean, some, yeah, some I, brains. I agree.
0: There's some brains, you know, mm-hmm. intestines. Blood. Viscera.
1: yeah but you know you got baby killing you got an orgy you got an eye fucker you got you know junk smashing uh you got like you know it's 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 pretty wild it's a wild ride yeah yeah. uh it it definitely is a wild ride um but i don't know it's a ride that i don't want to get on again listeners how's that
0: i don't know and but on a positive side, it the, it looks great, and, and there's some very interesting scene selections in this. Like, for example, and this had nothing to do with horror, and I don't know why I like this part so much, but I guess like when Jim, in the very beginning of the film, before things really pop off, like he goes down to this uh, this deli, and he's the guy's like, oh, the usual or whatever. And he's like, nah, just coffee for me. I already had breakfast or whatever. And then they, someone else orders a meal Mm -hmm. and then they focus on the preparation of these eggs and like tofu or whatever, like on on the grill. They did, yeah. And there was something just really compelling about that because it was setting up this like very normal everyday thing, but it had this very anxious
1: feel to it because of that, you know? Well, that's what I said. The first, literally, I-, I checked it. It's about 16 minutes of this movie lures you in. And it does a good job of doing that. Uh, that's another reason it gets a 3-5, honestly. Um, the setup is good. And you like Cat and Jim. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it just goes for like a personal taste for me. And I think it's just maybe where I'm at with my horror viewing and, you know, all that stuff. Um, and if you notice, listeners, I didn't let it cloud me to saying it movie. It was a terrible movie, or it sucked. Don't see this movie, you know? Um, I would never do that.
0: Yeah, because no, there, there's definitely some movie. films that I would do that too, but not this one. Oh, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Like Texas Chainsaw oh. Massacre, I would I fucking <laughs> hate that movie. But I want to say one more thing about this film in respect to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because there is that one scene on the subway with the cell phones. Mm-hmm. But in... The sadness, the the cynicism of that scene worked really, really well. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. it's like there was something just like, wow, this is our society. Like we're
1: just observers, you know.
0: Mm. It was fucking weird.
1: No, totally. I mean, it's it. That was one of the best scenes of the movie. Essentially, I mean, you know, um, the, the the subway scene. Yeah, but I, uh, I think yeah. the
0: guy, didn't the guy even said, did I get the record?
1: Yes, did I get the record? That's right, he yeah. did say that. There are these weird little lines in the movie, you know, that you have to really pay attention to, but what some of the, the crazy people are, are doing. But uh, check this movie out, see it, uh, read the Garth Ennis graphic novel, Crossed, read the Brian Keene book, The Complex, and you'll you'll definitely see some beats that that are similar in all three, 100%. Also, there's a short out there that
0: Rob Jabaz did mm-hmm. that's kind of, and it can be looked at as a prequel to this, called Clearwater. Oh, I need to watch that. I got yeah. the email. Got to yeah, read it. i mean, R- got to watch Rennie, it. Rennie sent this out to me and Mike, and uh, it's interesting. It could be a prequel. You know, it's like mm. a short film. and uh, or, or maybe it was used to get funding for this film because it displays... Some really slick, like special effects and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. Hmm. It's
1: funny. Rainy has become the the de facto fourth host of the show. And he's I like,
0: like a producer or something like. And that. he's like a
1: producer, kind of like a producer. He's behind the scenes. You know, yeah,
0: it's a producer. <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty cool. I dig it. <laughs> yeah, we should. I think we'll um, we'll post post a link to the uh, that short along with this episode.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. That would be great. But yeah, that was the Necromaniacs take on the sadness, or at least me and Mike's take, the interesting to see what Jeff thinks of the sadness.
0: I'm going to ask him if he saw it already. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have a little, you know, we'll see, we'll mention yeah. what his thoughts were on this thing.
1: I know. I, he's, he's hard to figure out sometimes. He may come away going, this movie was amazing. Or he may say, I hated this movie as well. <laughs> I um, I, I think
0: Jeff would, I, I don't imagine him liking this
1: movie. Yeah. He's not, he might actually have the very similar score. Actually, he yeah. might, Definitely. You know? Or he might give it a one or something. The <laughs> infamous Jeff One. Yeah. Uh, so he gives ones out on the show. <laughs> I can't recall the last one if I've ever given out a one, but I, I might have. I just can't recall. Can't recall. <laughs> um you know, I, I, I it's uh it's pretty funny. But uh, yes, that brings us to the close of yet another Necromaniacs podcast, children. Thank you. So much, Mr. Hill. Thank you.
0: And uh, we're going to take a short break while I'm out on the road. And mm-hmm. um, we'll, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. So, you know, hang tight. And yes. we'll, we'll catch you on, on the other
1: side. Yes. Thank you so much for the support. We will see you soon, Necromaniacs. Peace. Take care, guys. <laughs>
2: i yeah.